Hey everyone, welcome to Coffee Date with Purpose. So glad that you have joined in with us today. Today I've got a very, very special guest. And her name is Tamara Payne. She has the same last name as me, which means she is my daughter. She's my youngest. <laughs> I'm going to try my hardest not to embarrass her today. She'll roll my eyes at you probably about a thousand times during this podcast, and you will not see it. So I'm just letting you know right now that it but will be happening. But you'll feel it. I'll feel it. <laughs> you'll feel it, everybody. Yeah. So we are here. We actually made a pit stop at Starbucks on the way here to get a drink. And even though it's coffee date with purpose, Tamara is a rebel because she doesn't drink coffee. She is drinking chai tea latte <laughs> with almond milk with almond chai milk. tea latte with almond milk it's bomb chai is really a different flavor eh? like it's it's got a know. bite it's kind of like spice yeah it's it kind of reminds me of christmas does it make you think of christmas <laughs> no it doesn't but <laughs> it does even smelling it, it makes me think of coffee, of Christmas. Okay, so I have, today I am having an iced coffee with almond milk and let me just add sugar-free vanilla for those of you who have been watching my YouTube thing about trying to lose some extra poundage. I have got the sugar-free in here. Give it a little shake because it looks like everything's stuck on the bottom. So today we are going to talk about teenage life and... Um, so obviously I've had three girls, been through three teenage um, adventures, we'll put it. Um, <laughs> Tamara was, I think, I get, well, I guess we can say it because they know it, the other two, but you're probably my easiest to I was go a through. breeze. You were a breeze. Tamara was a great kid. Um, but Tamara is a youth and children's pastor in Temiskaming. And um, how long have you been pastoring now, Tamara? Long three years. Well, three years in Temiskaming. Yeah. And then two on Manitoulin Island. So five. Five years. Yeah. Five years in ministry. And um, she has learned a lot about teenagers. And so today we're going to talk about teens and just all the stuff that they go through. And it's going to be from a different perspective. It's not going to be necessarily from a parent's point of view. It's going to be from a youth pastor point of view. And and I just thought this would be kind of interesting for parents to listen to with respect, knowing that obviously Tamara does not have a teenager at home in her own life that she's raising right now. That will happen one day, but right now she doesn't. But we, we want to kind of just share... Um, the other side of teenagers that maybe parents don't necessarily see would you would you say that they kind of maybe sometimes act a little differently in youth that maybe they do at home probably <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about um what Tamara maybe has experienced what she sees and just trying to give maybe a little bit of insight to parents on some help ideas perhaps on how you can manage surviving life with your teenager and maybe having a better understanding of how you can relate to them. I think that is probably, um, when my kids were teenagers, when you guys were teenagers, I, um, I was still doing youth ministry. So not that I was perfect, but I certainly had a, a little bit better perspective on kind of what you guys are going through. And, and, um, I think it kind of helped me anyways, a little bit. 
But I'm just going to open up to Tamara and let Tamara kind of maybe just share. Tamara, if you can share some of your experiences. What do you notice with teenagers? What are things that you, um, you know, that you kind of see that maybe parents don't see? Because parents are seeing them at home with their dirty rooms, their messy rooms, their rolling of their eye attitudes. (laughs) (laughs) But you're seeing something different. Tell me something maybe that you could tell a parent. What do you see? Um... Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a very loaded topic. Yeah. Um, but this is a generation that's different than any other generation and even different than my generation, the millennials. So um, Generation Z is what they're calling these guys, and they, they're they confusing. Yeah. <laughs> they're very confusing sometimes. Um, my The biggest thing with them that I find, though, is that they're passionate. Um, they're very passionate about things and they're willing, they're willing to almost step up to the plate for anything that catches their interest. Hmm. Um, what does, what does Generation Z, like I literally don't even know what that, do you know what Z stands for? I I don't, it's the same as Gen X, which is your Gen X. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what they're just where choosing they, letters. Where they, where they, I don't know. Z is like the last of the alphabet. Like, does that mean there's no more after this? Yeah, I think the next one is called like Gen Alpha or something. <laughs> they're calling it. I don't know what they're calling. I don't know, but there is a book called Generation Z yeah. that you could read. Um, well, at least that I find with my teenagers in my youth group, at least they're very uh, willing to jump on board for something that they actually feel connected to. Yeah. The con- I think the connection part is is key, something that they're actually passionate about. So they're not just going to do something because they were asked to do it. They're going to do it because they actually feel uh, the need to do it. Like they believe just, in like it. They believe in it, it in their whole heart. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, I mean, they have the potential to be the most uh, – welcoming and inviting in generation really they're very open okay um to anything and everything they just want everybody to live in cohesive harmony um but they have the potential to be (laughs) the scariest generation (laughs) because if you mess with them then they're all all gen z is coming for you so like you get everybody coming at you. Yes. Is that what you mean? Yes. So they're very they're very open, inclusive. They want everyone to feel loved and everyone to to be part of a family and all that kind of stuff. But if you if you uh, take take a basic human right say away from somebody, then they're coming at you full force. Wow. Um, I, there was something that Vanessa and I were talking about one time. I can't remember what it was. It was something like the millennial generation. Um, the millennial generation will stand up and fight for things and the Gen Z generation will troll you on the internet and, <laughs> and they'll destroy your life. Something like that. <laughs> so, like they won't let it go. They're that yeah. passionate about stuff. Yeah. So what do you think, as a, say a parent that's listening right now and they have a Gen Z at home, um, what like when kids are talking to you what what would be maybe some things that they say are struggles for them at home with their relationship with their parents do they open up to you about that kind of stuff are they more apt to talk to just their friends and not let you in or what do you find with that um i don't know it's it depends on the kid but uh for the most part they just 
they just want to be <laughs> like they just want to be who they are they just want to do their own thing and they um i think they my my generation the generation before that were very much you know d go to school get good grades go to college whereas this generation is just let me let me do where i feel led oh, kind of thing okay. and um a lot less of that they want less of that pressure to to you know go to college or to succeed or to be put into a certain box they just want to be what they are and um i think for parents you just need to find what your kid is passionate about what what is the thing that's driving them and encourage that and be part of that passion don't shut it down um, but be part of that journey with them and don't expect them to go the way that you you would like to push them to but allow right. them to explore the the world around them they just want to be part of the world <laughs> that sounds bad but you know what i'm trying to no, say no I, I do <laughs> i love what you're saying that that not to um not to try to form them into what we think as parents mm -hmm. what they should because it's probably harder like when i think about when you guys were teenagers i you know i would kind of be telling you you know you need to do this or you should do this i i remember as as i when i was a teenager um my parents would say to me you have to do this. And if I ever questioned why, they would just tell me because I said so. And that was enough. I just I just listened because my parents said so. But then when you guys were teenagers, you guys would, when I would say something to you guys, you guys would, you would ask the whys. And for me to say because I said so wasn't good enough for you guys. You needed the answer. You needed to know why I'm saying that this needs to be done or you need to do this or whatever, whatever. So the generation now is more of they will do like if, if i'm hearing you right you're saying they will do stuff but it needs to be something that that is almost their idea mm -hmm. right like that they'll be passionate about doing it not necessarily because you're telling them to do it as a parent or a, or a leader of some sort around them a, a, a leadership figure in their lives but if they are if it comes to be their idea it won't be hard to get them to do stuff no, right? yeah, yeah. And if they, it needs to make sense to them. So yeah. if I was to kind of make an example, like um, we're at youth and things are really messy. Well, they just automatically know to go and clean up and put things away. I don't even have to ask because that makes sense to them. Mm. They're not looking, they're not waiting to be told what to do or anything. They've, they've almost learned to that's that's what you do this is this is a place that they love so they're going to take care of it wow because okay. um, it's, it's something our our youth group student house has become something they're so passionate about right. that they take care of its own okay okay um whereas i feel like when i was in youth group you'd have to be like hey guys come and stack the chairs come and do this come and do that whereas now it's almost second nature to them because it's something that they're passionate about Okay. They want to be there. That that is their family. That is their their whole world. So then they take so they take care of it. They take ownership of it. The Gen Zs want to take ownership of things. Mm. It's theirs. It's, it's I love that. That's very interesting. That they want to take ownership of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that they feel like they part and they have a map that it matters. What yeah, they're doing. The things matter. Everything yeah. that they're doing matters. Everything yeah. they say matters. So everything that they are doing needs to have some kind of purpose, mm -hmm. right? That ma that makes sense in their brain that this 
that this has a, a reason behind it, mm-hmm. right? So thinking, I know, you, I know you're not a parent, but as, as a leader, as a youth person who works with teenagers, what would be maybe some kind of advice or suggestion do you think that you could give to a parent to help them to kind of just in day-to-day life maneuver through a kid comes home and you know mom wants them to help with dinner or whatever do a chore or rather than I guess saying you just you need to do this it would be more to like talk to them on the reasons why like is that I think our I think our world is so relational now that as much as it sounds weird, parents, you need to have a relationship with your kids, but you really do need to have a relationship yeah. with your kids. And I think uh, these students, these teenagers, will benefit from you just listening to them, leaving room for them to have a seat at the table and and talk and share their thoughts and share what they what they saw today or what they what they watched on YouTube that has revolutionized their thinking, that kind of thing. They just need room to to speak. And when you listen and when you encourage their their dreams and different things like that, now they're they're more apt to 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 be there, you know, like to not yeah. hide away in their rooms. They actually want to hang out with you. They actually want to to because because you actually listen to them and you don't um, just order them around or shut them yeah. down or you know that kind of thing. And so as silly as it sounds, it's really you need to build a relationship with your kids and um, just listen (laughs) i think there's such a misconception right now with people will say teenagers they just want to hide in their rooms they just want to be on their devices they don't want to talk to i'm going to say us as a parent but you're saying like they actually do they just need to be given the space to do it right like they Mm want to be heard yeah so if they don't feel like so tell me if I'm if I'm getting this right, if if I'm hearing you right, is that if they feel that you will actually listen to them, not fake listen, but legitimately interest in listening to what interests them, they will open up more. Is that I, safe to I say? Would, I would think so, yeah. Because every conversation I've ever had with one of my students, it didn't happen overnight, but it happened from building a relationship. Yeah. And I'm not a parent. I'm not a parent, but I am an adult and I am an authority figure. And so um, they're not they're not apt to right away tell me everything that's going on in life. But through time, as I've asked questions, you know, uh, what are the things that that you like? Tell me about your weekend. What happened? That sort of thing. All of a sudden things start coming out as they feel more trusting to to talk to me and feel like I actually care. That's the thing. Yeah. We I talked about this with my boss, Nick, the other week, and we were talking about how the youth group has grown so dramatically in the last year. And he said, you know what, Tamara, it's because you care. Mm. It's because everything that you do is is from the heart first. And so I think it, you, you just need to, to know your kids. You need to listen to them. Let them talk. Don't make them feel bad for having a voice, for wanting to say the things that are on their minds. Because they're still trying to figure things out. They're still figuring out the way to go and they and they need you for that but they need to be able to vocalize and not feel not feel bad for the things they might they might come out with they they need to explore that 
Right. You know, I think too often we shut our kids down. As soon as they say something we don't like, we, we shut them down. Mm. And these kids need to, they need to vocalize. They need to talk it through. So. I, that's, that's huge. Like, I, that's so powerful what you're saying is to give kids the opportunity to be able to speak out what they're feeling and, and not feel like when they say something, the parent is going to tell them they need to think differently mm-hmm. or do something differently, right? Yeah. That's that's huge. I think that's huge. Giving them um, a voice, giving them an opportunity to be transparent and real without judgment, mm-hmm. right? As parents, I think that's hard probably for a lot of us to do is to not put our ideas and our thoughts and our opinions on how they should and shouldn't act. And yeah. I think especially for Christian parents, it's even harder because yeah. you so badly want your kids to, to grow up in a Christian way and to become good, strong Christian adults, which is good and what we, and what we want. But I think more often than not, why so many millennials and older Gen Zs have left the church is because it was so pushed on them that they never got to ask questions. They never got to talk it through or anything. They were just told what they were told and what they were supposed to do. And then they get into an adulthood and now they have to do it on their own. Mm. And so they leave the church because they realize they know nothing. Right. They know nothing about the Bible deeply enough. They just know what they were told they were never taught how to look for it on their own or anything like that. They never got to discuss it. And now they're supposed to find their own church and they're supposed to, yeah. you know, do all these things when really they haven't even been discipled yet. Yeah. So. So how do you work around that? Like, cause I mean, you only have the kids like once or twice a week, which obviously if they're living in a Christian home, you would hope that they are getting more um, kind of spiritual food, which you know, is what it is. It doesn't always happen at home. But in the time that you do have with them, what are ways that you disciple them? Like, what are ways that you help them to kind of ask the hard questions and teaching them to the best of your ability, Christ-centered walking life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it actually, we kind of do a couple different things because you have kids on different levels if, with different commitment levels. And so, I mean, we, we have our typical, I'll share a, I'll share a message of some sort. And I always leave room at the end for if kids want to come up and talk to me about it or anything, anything kind of like that. And that kind of suits the needs for those who are just kind of at like a baseline. They're, they're not too sure. They're just here because they love the family aspect. They love what, whatever it may be. And eventually they'll, they'll grow from that. But we also started doing, um, once, once or twice a month, we do these nights called let's chat and I just come up with a random topic and I'll give them maybe some Bible references to look at and I'll put them in groups and they just discuss it in their own, how they interpret, how they understand what this means for them kind of thing. And it's not adult led, it's led by them just in their mm, own groups. That's cool. So um, sometimes there's the groups who really go super deep. Other times there's groups who they just kind of get it done and it's done. Then there's sometimes the groups that, it just it almost goes off the rails and and it goes in a completely different direction but it's I don't I don't police it that much because I like to allow them to have a space to to talk about it to talk about it in their own way that makes sense to them I mean make sure that 
obviously everybody's safe and not being inappropriate and not that kind right. of thing. But right. but um, you don't want to shut down their their conversation as long as it's a safe conversation. Um, so so we do those kinds of things to make sure, especially and even in our our. A lot of it comes down to our culture of our youth group. So our culture of our youth group is very uh, family oriented. We're very loving, non-judgment, non-judgmental, and so even just in regular conversation when we're just hanging out, the kids automatically do this. They don't if the kid comes in and he starts talking about something, and they won't judge him about it. They'll they'll mm. listen, and they're actually very good at at stirring steering conversation. Um, those who have been attending for quite some time. So that's just the culture of our, of our youth group. So, um, and then in, in kind of like a third level, we do have a discipleship group um, for those who want to be part of it. And um, it's open to anybody. It is commitment based. So they, they understand that they're going to be meeting once or twice a week and that they have readings they're supposed to do and that, that sort of thing. Um, so it is a little bit more committed, but we actually, like I said before, we, you you're, you'll be surprised how many kids you'll have come to that sort of thing when you build a relationship with them first. Yeah. So in my head, when we first started doing discipleship, I thought we would have three or four. We ended up having ten. Wow. And it's just because amazing. they just they're like, oh, you're doing youth another night. Of course, I'm going to be there. Yeah. And so they they sign up for it, and it was good. It wasn't. We didn't want to do anything to. Um, uh, like not not heavy I don't mean heavy like it, it was deep for sure what we what we were doing but we didn't want it to be okay now we're going to read page three and just very boring lecture style it was it was simple they did the reading beforehand then we got together we did the reading together quickly and then we just talked about it openly I just asked a few leading questions and if there's kind of an awkward silence you know you just you just ask another question and they just kind of take it from there and they almost lead it themselves and um yeah, so it's, I guess we almost have like three, three step in a way. Yeah, but and, it's good um, for, it suits the needs of different, different types of kids. And my I, hope is eventually they all lead to discipleship. Yeah, eventually, yeah. I, what I, in every area, in each area that you're talking about though, like the word relationship keeps coming up. And, and what I think is so I keep coming back to this, so forgive me, but I, every parent that I hear of, they will say they, the kid always locks himself in the room. Like the kid literally doesn't want to have, they come home and they're gone. And what you're saying is completely opposite. When they come, they're talking, they're relational, they're hanging out, they're taught, they're, you know, but again, what they're passionate, what they're interested in. The, and they want to keep coming out. Like if they didn't want to be around people, if they just, then they wouldn't come, but they want to keep coming. So that says something about the dynamic. And I think somehow we're missing that maybe at home um, is to create an open space, a, a safe space, an open forum where they can, like you say, talk, build relate. And it's not going to happen in a day. Yeah. But take the time to give them that oper that space. Yeah to talk um as you're talking and you're saying how accepting they are of each other i'm reminded back and you'll remember this tamara when we were pastoring tamara used to be my youth pastor in when we were pastoring a mantuan island and we had a girl come who was actually a boy and she he dressed as a girl 
And I remember her showing up to church. I didn't even actually, to be honest, at the beginning, I didn't even realize that it, that she was a he. But what I when I did realize, when I found out, what I was so impressed and sh- and super shocked, I guess, because of what I'm used to from from past youth before generations before is all the other teenagers that were there they just like she was part of the group like they never they never made her like they didn't talk about her like oh my gosh can you believe that she's a he whatever like they did they just she was welcomed in from the second she walked in the church like I was more worried about my seniors in the church saying something you know, about this person. Um, and I was more paying more attention to the older generation's attitudes and body language, but I didn't have to worry about the teenagers. Mm -hmm. They were okay. And they accepted her and included her. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I I said about this generation is they're so, they're so much more inclusive Mm -hmm. and welcoming and of course at at the church you know we still preach the truth about Jesus and we yeah. still all that sort of thing but they understand that it's not their place to condemn yeah and um they understand what it means to be part of a family that that is loving because even if they don't come from a loving family they come from a loving youth group mm. and so when a new person comes we had a new person show up to our launch group and I think I told you about him the other the other day. He was like the real MVP of the night. He'd never yeah. even been there before. <laughs> and he had already like made connections and made friends and it, it was so, so easy. And even like we had like 30 minutes left of our launch night and I kind of, they were all kind of talking and chatting. And so I just kind of walked around casually and just said, hey, would you guys want to play another game or do you just want to talk? And everyone said, no, we just want to chat. We just want to chat. Wow. So we spent a half hour, we were all just chatting like multiple different groups but you can actually see the changing of the groups as someone would leave a group and then go move to another one there's always Mm. this kind of rotation where nobody was left out everybody talked to everybody at some point in that evening that's amazing um and yeah so i never have to worry about new kids coming into student house that's amazing because i know that as soon as they come they're going to be they're going to be welcomed and they're going to be asked the questions you know to get to know them better and they're not going to feel outcasted. Even um, we have one student, and she's been going through kind of a bit of a, of a hard time and a hard time fitting in, and her parents have been concerned the same thing. She spends all her time in her bedroom. She doesn't want to hang out with family. She doesn't uh, want to do any of this. We don't know what to do. Can you please help? Like, this has been an ongoing thing for the past few months, me with this with this family. And so I met with her a couple times. You know, we just kind of hung out. And when her and I hung out, it, honestly, it, it, I saw really not really any issues you know we we yeah. laughed we chatted she helped me with a few things around the building and we got pizza like it was like nothing different and so it's kind of funny because I know I'm not the parent but when she's with me I'm trying to see what the what the issue is so that I can help this family but but I'm not really seeing much of an issue <laughs> yes. and so even though and then when she would come to youth you know she was she wasn't quite comfortable she was still trying to figure out how to make friends and and so anyways, we, we, I've been walking this with, with this girl and with this family. And then we got shut down again because of uh, COVID lockdown. And so we just launched. And so my thought was that when she showed up, she was going to be on her own again. Like she was going to be how, how she's been at home. 
But for some reason, whatever happened throughout this time of lockdown, our launch on Thursday, she, I have never seen her so talkative. Wow. And not only that, but there was um, other girls around her age that were there and they hung out the entire night and she wow. talked with them the entire night. And we had water guns and she was playing water. She was having a water fight with one of the guys and um, she was just being goofy all night. And then I got a message from her grandma the next day being like, we witnessed a miracle. We haven't seen her like this in forever. And as soon as she came Amazing. home from from youth, you know, she was a changed person. And so it's just, again, it comes back to the relationship. As much as it's hard for her in the beginning, just with whatever she was going with, the relationships that she has at Soon House completely changed who she was as a person. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I love that. I think there is power. Like, when we think about... Okay, obviously we're not watering down the gospel and we know what the Bible says about, you know, whatever, sin, life, whatever. Um, this generation is accepting of everyone. And I think if you tack onto that, their, their relationship with Christ, their knowledge and knowing who Jesus is and the truth in the Bible, and you tack on that acceptance of people and loving them the where they're at, I think there's power in that mm -hmm. because... They're not going to go look at the world judging. They are going to, um, pardon that phone call. Okay, it's done. They're not going to look at the world judging. They're going to look at the world in a, as Jesus does, love people through it. And I think that is more powerful in bringing people to know Christ because there's no preconceived ideas of the person that they're trying to witness to. Mm -hmm. So when I look, when I, when you're talking about this generation, I just think the potential for them to reach souls that we never could be, because mm -hmm. we come with, just as adults, we come as much as we try not to, it's just in us. We have to work harder to get rid of those preconceived ideas and thoughts and judgments. But this generation is kind of over that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you tack Jesus into that solid Christ-believing, Bible-believing, and then tack on that nudge. Like, that's yeah. power. Yeah, if you if you can get these Gen Zs to uh, actually take ownership of the Bible, take ownership yeah. of the knowledge that it has, and show them how how to read it, how to, how to interpret it, and then just tack on the relationship aspect that they already is ingrained in them. Yeah. They already know. Now they've got the knowledge of, the, of Christ. They've got the knowledge of the Bible. They, their style of evangelism, I think, will be more powerful yeah. than any other style of evangelism. Like, I get goosebumps thinking yes. about it, honestly. Because <laughs> if you think back wow. to, like, our Oma and Opa's generation, it yeah. was so fear-based. Yeah. And it was so, uh, you know, hit the pulpit, you know, like, you have to repent now, you have to, and yeah, that, that worked for that style of, of generation, I guess you could say, just coming out of the war and different things like that. They needed something to grasp on, to hold on to. But this generation doesn't respond to that. Mm. They don't respond to a doom and gloom. They don't respond to the forcefulness, to, you know, the passion of the Christ play. Like, they don't, that, that yeah. doesn't work for them. Yeah. They want to know why, how, and they want you to prove that you are Christ-like. You need mm. to actually show that you you preach love but you don't show love right and generation z preaches loves and shows love yeah and that's the difference even millennials struggle with that sometimes because we came out of out of the end of the other generation yeah so we preach love but we still have to learn to show love in a lot of ways yeah 
and but Gen Zs can do both. That, like I just, my brain is blown away right now to think about like the potential and if we can get these kids on fire for not not we i mean obviously as parents as as ministry leaders we we do the best that we can to lead and guide but at the end of the day it's obviously the holy spirit that's gonna move in them so when i say we i mean that i mean that very respectfully but to see these kids like seriously huge revival could happen because these kids are going to love people just where they're at and not yeah. i just it's so powerful that's powerful mm-hmm. okay we're going to close up tomorrow i'm just going to give you one last shot to what we've yeah. talked about relationships we've talked about talking we've talked about what would be maybe some kind of like encouragement i know i'm totally putting in a spot right now an encouraging just thought or something for a parent um, who's listening right now, a grandparent who's listening right now, who just is like, I just need, I need some advice on how to connect with my kid. What would be, I mean, we've kind of talked about all different avenues right now, but just give me kind of like a one last thought on, on, on that. <laughs> um, I mean, my first thought is to go and just show that you're actually interested in their life. Yeah, that's huge. Just be interested. Yeah. Just ask ask the questions. Um, just show that you want to know mm. what's happening, what's going on in their life, mm. and be patient, eh? Because yeah. it's not going to happen in a day. It'll take no, time. No, definitely not going to happen in a day. It'll it'll for sure take time. And and some things might come out that you might not like. So that's mm, also where patience comes good. in, because they have there's so much going on in their head. So. As soon as they they speak, it might not be something you like, and it might be something that's going to be difficult for you. Mm. But just think of how difficult it is for them that they're even saying it out loud. That's that's really good. That's really good. And I think about the world and what the teens are dealing with nowadays is is nothing compared to what what you did or what I had to what I had to face. The world is so confusing. I know I'm I'm kind of continuing on talking again, but. I think the world is so confusing when the world is so open to so many things that are so contradictory to the Bible. We have to be so patient and not just say to them, well, this is what the Bible says, but to be patient and let them kind of like process process it, right? Because it it's they're hearing they go to church and they hear they hear this and then they go to the world and they hear this and they need to kind of find that that space in the middle that, space in the middle and they yeah. need to find the the why so you tell me the bible says this but why yeah, yeah. why is it important well everyone i hope that this encouraged you challenged you blessed you uh i hope you learned something from this today i'm gonna when i post this i'm gonna post um tomorrow if you're okay with it i'll put your your um can I put some kind of contact if they wanted to ask sure. you a question or anything? I'll put Tamara's contact of her Instagram on here. If you have any more questions and you want to kind of pick her brain um, or contact me and I can pass them on to her. But uh, pray that this encouraged you today. Thanks, Tamara, for hanging out and and sharing Thanks. some of your very wise knowledge. I'm, I learned stuff today. I'm so, I like, really, it's amazing. So anyways, thank you everyone for joining. Uh, join with me next week. We're going to be, my guest will be Pam 
um, Nicole, and she is going to be talking about living life as a Christian going through a divorce and remarriage. So that's going to be another um, deep topic. So I encourage you to join me next week, next Tuesday for that. God bless everyone. Have an amazing day.